Deathwatch's Call of Cthulhu campaign Descent into Darkness Season 3, and this is Episode 6, wherein our intrepid investigators ask themselves, is choice an illusion, or am I the master of my destiny? <laughs> but before we get into that philosophy which Dr. Andrews loves so much, we'll get an introduction from our investigators. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm playing Detective Jack Glover, uh, currently on suspension, and I'm... <laughs> standing in a train station looking at a bunch of bodies and wondering, did I choose to be here? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brandon. I'm playing uh, Dr. Wallace Andrews. Just a regular type dude doing regular type stuff. Straight shooter? Just a straight shooter trying trying to translate some Latin. Dead language. (laughs) Dead like the rest of us. (laughs) And I'm uh, Justin, playing Lance Monroe. (laughs) Well, at least tell us where you come down on the great determinism uh, free will debate. Oh, (laughs) yeah, he's he's free will. Okay. I'm John, playing James Whitmire, and unfortunately, I did choose to be here because I was the one who offered to go with Detective Glover. I take it from the opening that we're not doing the fewest words as possible. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're supposed to do that. As I, I, right. I could go on. So he's also an <laughs> ace uh, World War One combat pilot, which he's really not, but uh, also <laughs> the mayor of his own city that he started in uh, upstate New York. Uh, he's not that either. But uh, he is one of the richest men alive. Except for Dr. Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> well, since no one disagreed with to... that, I'll, I'll, now it's true. <laughs> All right, Dr. Andrews. You ready? Yeah, I don't remember where I was or what I was doing. You're just leaving Orion's yeah, spiritual Yeah, I'm leaving kit. Orion's. So. I haven't really been a fan of Orion's, honestly. <laughs> I'll never come here again. So in your first year at Harvard Med School... You attended a class on the foundations of medical practice that included the philosophical underpinnings in the field of medicine. And we'll move away from this real quick. The instructor at the time opened the class with this saying, philosophy is what you do when you don't know what to do so that when you don't know what to do, you will then know what to do. Uh. And he let it simmer amongst the students there for a little while. And over the the length of the course, you took that to mean that he would say the best philosophies always were kind of perfectly poised to answer a question in your mind you couldn't answer yourself. They would either give you yes or no. 
they would just tilt it that one little bit, right? But the gist of it was he would stress that you needed to concern yourself with, you know, being pragmatic, right? You couldn't think about the philosophical underpinnings because they were just that. They were under the practice. Practice came first. The clue was in the name practice practical. Don't question the philosophy. Save that for the humanities department. None of you are smart enough anyway, or so Dr. Pierce claimed. But as you walk down the Boston streets with Mr. Monroe, which I'm kind of curious what Mr. Monroe would be talking about right now, because he would surely be talking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm guessing that since we just left Lamar's, I'd uh, probably be going on and on about uh, what Lamar had helped us translate and... I picture Monroe akin to a shark where he has to continue to speak in order <laughs> or he to dies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, having just left Orion's spiritual goods, which you're not a fan of, contemplating the cryptic information discovered there and the nature of curses, you think of another curse put upon you, that bestowed by the dimensional shambler. That entity, with its touch, has bestowed upon you an ability that you're only just beginning to understand. This web of time you see in which all is trapped, and you can touch it, you've learned. Thinking of it causes you to see it, or perhaps you just focus on it then, right? Yeah. But you see the strands as they twist around Mr. Monroe, around yourself, and around the strangers that you pass on the street. They're like thin silver lines uh, that sort of vanish up into nothing, kind of giving you an unsettling impression of like a marionette puppet, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, what or who is controlling the lines. And a follow-on question, in a completely impractical set of circumstances that you find yourself in, how does one find Dr. Pierce's practical way forward? But if you can give me a spot hidden or pow roll, whichever you prefer. Uh, What is my power? Okay, spot hidden. Oh, I guess I should be looking at roll 20. Mm. (laughs) Hard success. Yeah. Yeah, hard success. What about it? Well done. It's skill. Yeah. He's been rolling a lot of dice over these years. <laughs> yeah. So you can see a subtle change occurring as you pass by other pedestrians on the sidewalk. Um, it's so subtle that it's almost invisible in these sort of silvery lines that you've come to associate with time. Young Charlie Murphy has kind of helped you understand it a little bit better, but not fully because that kids on kind of a different level when it comes to this sort of thing and half of what he talks about in his limited speech kind of goes up over your head but anyhow they seem to lose this silvery sheen as you draw near these other pedestrians or when you glimpse at uh, Mr. Monroe's set of strands but yeah you notice something is kind of robbing them of light do I see anything that could be the cause of that? it's not something noted You've noted before, and it seems like it just as they get close to you that uh, this phenomenon occurs. So I'm robbing them of their light. And something's robbing yours of its light, you know. Oh, I have some too? Yeah, you can see your own. Uh, One of the reasons you don't like to focus on it. Yeah. Okay. But it's the difference is, is so subtle. It's like the difference between silver and gray, right? You know, right. It's, it's kind of... Yeah, so what do I make of that? I don't know. You know, and you've only really scratched the surface, you know that if you wish you could, say, you know, twist the strings in a certain way, and you had that experience where you were able to accomplish much more with part of your day 
than you ordinarily could. And you're pretty sure that you could do the same to Monroe. But you don't know what the gray part means. So maybe it's just something you file away for another day. Okay. But from Orion's, what was your guys' plan? I believe we had set up a time earlier in the day on when we would meet them when they got back. So okay, um, probably, I don't know, grab dinner, discuss what we had talked about with Lamar and... Head back to the yeah, either Olaf, museum. Yeah, museum or Olafertes, whichever. Would we have probably been able to make it back in time to have dinner with them? Possibly. Possibly. We'll have to see what, right. uh, what you guys do. So I guess we'll... I, yeah, I mean, like... Like planning stage, yeah. like not actually uh, execution stage. Yeah, you. I we can say that that was the intent that you guys were going to be some back sometime late, just poke around for a few hours, thus dooming us to yeah. die. <laughs> uh, so you should be expecting them either at a Lafferty's or your museum, whichever you guys prefer. But um, so with you guys walking on the sidewalk, expecting that. Arrival. We will have no choice but to cut over to Detective Glover and Mr. Whitmire, as Detective Glover has just revealed a storehouse of bodies. Now, like I had said last time, you had just seen shapes, uh, colorless in the dim light, and uh, wasn't immediately clear what they are, but after just a few seconds, you realized that this was a stack of bodies thrown in here like cordwood, and uh, picking out a bit finer details, you can see the ones on the surface appear to be the freshest while you see like a skeletal or like an emaciated hand poking out, you know, where it's almost skeletal All right. from amongst the bottom of the pile. All right. So, um, what would you, uh, suggest I roll to keep the bitch tone out of my voice? <laughs> uh, you could do, you could leave that up to power if you'd like. <laughs> I don't like that, but I'll, <laughs> okay. So, um, I'm going to call out to, Whitmire, yeah, and this is just how I'm going to do it. Okay, right. So if I fail this, I'll, I'll do something that, you know, obviously means I'm in some sort of distress. Okay, okay. One so I'm able to keep it together. Cucumber. Yeah. So I'll uh, call up. I'll be like, uh, Whitmire, uh, we need to get out of here right now. <laughs> get on down here. So <laughs> we're leaving. Th- this is about the time he hears the uh, wheels peeling out in the parking lot. Because little did he know, <laughs> I am already long gone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I one hundred percent agree with that, and I'll uh, I'll jump down off of this. Uh, How far up is he? Doesn't matter. Well, he was jump perched down. up there in a vampire pose. Mm. You wear a long <laughs> coat, so when you jump down, <laughs> is he enough of a rogue where I can't see him? <laughs> No, you can see him. I think he would probably come back down the same way you got up there because it's a little risky jump to make, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody knows too... that if you just go limp right before the moment of impact, <laughs> that you're going to be just fine. <laughs> so he ragdolls down to the bottom <laughs> and then he gets up and brushes himself. <laughs> All right, let's go. That's some smooth moves you got there with my <laughs> That's thinking on your feet, kid. Or <laughs> not on his feet. This is, uh, yeah. this is a trick I learned as a as a kid. I was falling out of <laughs> all sorts of scenarios. I thought that applied to uh, car crashes and that jumping was don't lock your knees. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, however you get down there, um, 
<laughs> you guys decide to split from the abandoned depot. Yep. yep. As uh, will we can send a letter or telegram telegram to the uh, the local uh, law enforcement, and uh, if you want, but uh, well, I'm wondering. I don't. I don't think how we far I want to take stop that. till we get all the way back. In the warm bosom of uh, Monroe's inner sanctum. Well, you know, being a detective, that you guys left very little in the way of physical evidence there, you know. So, And sometimes a report can turn things into a process that could leave you as witnesses or the finders of this involved with it for a while. So, Anonymous. It may be the right thing we to do. Can, but... uh, write a note and throw it through the window tied to a brick. That's how they delivered messages in the 20s. What are you, Whitmire? Some sort of Robin Hood? No, just drive. Get back to Boston. No, I just... We'll worry about it later. I just want to throw a brick through the, uh, the sheriff's office or his house, whichever one they have here. All right, so you guys get back in Whitmire's vehicle. You walk back across that field, get back in the vehicle, back onto the roads that lead to Boone Road, and then, you know, you pass by that turnoff that leads to the property that you're all concerned with, and uh, it becomes woodlands off to one side of the road there, and both of you can give me a spot hidden as you're driving. Barely a success. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch uh... or a mile. (laughs) I'll be mulling over what I saw right there, trying to figure out, like, I don't believe that we got a genie on our hands, but what type of crazy cute person is just stacking bodies? Uh, right. It's a gin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gin. Yeah, so you have your head down, and you're working that out in your mind, and uh, you, on the other hand, Mr. Whitmire are driving the car, so you're keeping your eyes on the terrain, and, and you're glancing off to your left across that forest. And the land kind of cuts away, so it goes goes into a, a bowl, so you're sort of looking downhill, looking at the tops of trees, and you see an effect that startles you sort of instantly. It's almost like an invisible hand has run itself across the tops of the trees. They're just brushed. Like, think about wind going over a field of grass, how it kind of leans it down a little bit. Uh, just you see all this vegetation, just like there's something depressing it for a little while, but then it disappears. It's so brief, you almost could have imagined it. But go and give me a sanity roll. It's a good thing my even the down. wind makes us crazy. It's probably because of how it's going. It's, yeah, I've seen some stuff. Well, you're man. good. Uh, yeah, you don't watch. Yeah, you got to think about it. Um, melt away into fat worms. Mess with gods. Shadow gods who aren't there in the windows. Wait, I can't drive. Tell them the checks in the mail. Because if uh, if I see my reflection in the window, then it could come for me. (laughs) I probably wouldn't want them driving at night then. Yeah, but then then it's gone, you know, and um, you've just never seen anything like that before. But you keep your eyes open for the rest of the trip, and it doesn't seem to occur again. And in fact, the land becomes more settled, and there's less uh, forest for you to see or to see any effect like that. But anyhow, the bumpy ride eventually ends with you guys back in Boston after a few hours at the designated meeting place, which was... Lafferty's first, and if they weren't there, Monroe's. Okay. 
You guys like O'Lafferty's? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, you can tell uh, when you guys pull up there, uh, stretch your legs after the long trip, you can see they've been in there for maybe a little while, not too long now. Yeah, I'll head on in, hold the door open for Whitmire. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll play it cool and uh, not make any, not actually look into any of the reflective surfaces <laughs> outside. It's uh, under the guise <laughs> of uh, rolling a cigarette. And, uh, think Detective Glover on my way in. Yeah, so I'll walk in behind him. Uh, I don't know. Wave to oh. What's what's his name? The like the cook. I'll wave to the cook. Oh, did we give him a name? Ah, probably not yet. I don't think so. Oh yeah, Steve Bailey. Steve oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> Evening, Steve. <laughs> I figure I'm trying to that I'm just the type of guy that I start integrating myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Oh, good to see you, Mister Glover. I haven't quite got your regular order down yet. What will it be?" Surprise me. I've had a long trip. Start blasting. All right. I'll pull out my gun and come here at least two, maybe three times. I'll, he should. I'll put five into hand. him and one into my head. Yeah, but he's sweating because it's late and he's only ever seen you guys here in the morning. Something's up. <laughs> They're burning the midnight oil. What do I get him for dinner? Oh yeah, I think. Uh, uh, what's two our, eggs, bacon, sausage? <laughs> yeah. What's the the name of our usual waitress? What? I can <laughs> lament that she's not here. Oh, that's a good probably like too. Cindy or something. All right, we'll go with Cindy. Yeah, so I wish Cindy. Ah, she must be off. This is a restaurant. They don't sir. come here. She doesn't live here. Nineteen <laughs> twenties. They work all day. Yeah, Twenty five hours, especially if a regular comes in. Then they're three usually off. pulling a double or something. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah, but the uh, surprise turns out to be the special of the day, which was a pot roast, which is mm. pretty savory and My, and feeling. It's just pretty good. He, yeah. Steve makes a pretty good pot roast. Which is nothing compared to my wife. You guys should come over <laughs> one of these days. I'll take you up on that offer. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> All right. Hopefully it goes better than our last pot roast dinner. Oh, yeah. What happened with that? Uh <laughs> The uh, <laughs> wife threw up all over the pot roast with uh, buttons and other weird metallic yeah, yeah. objects. Sewing needles. Yeah. Oh, sounds pretty kooky. It was. It was. Well, it's a shame to ruin that pot roast, though. Were the buttons in the pot roast? Um, after it? she threw them up into the pot roast, and yeah, no, they came out of her. Just decided to wake up one day and choose to start eating buttons. Uh, apparently, yes. You guys roll with some wacky people, you know that. <laughs> You're the one sitting with us. Touche. <laughs> so, as you guys know, me and Whitmire, we wasted most of our day driving up to, where was this place called? Uh, Ross's Corner. To Ross's Corner, where you guys' beautiful home is awaiting you. Oh, yeah, what's his name? Merriweather's son. He's giving us problems. We're going to have to wait, see if we can get some stuff clear with the lawyers. All right. He's trying to contest it, but looks like you guys' paperwork's all in order. I'll talk to his mother while I uh, want to go to have lunch with her next week. See if uh, she can <laughs> what help if we, smooth some stuff over. What if we found a way to get him to go to the property and then the djinn could kill him? <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, 
He says that last sentence at a complete moment of silence in the restaurant. One of the rare moments where the clanking stops and people stop talking. I'll kind of just be staring at it. Corned beef and cabbage, please. I'll kind of be like scratching my head. Like, we're just going to say this in front of God and God and everyone, huh? Uh, I'm joking. That's exactly what I'm going to say, I thought. When I'm gonna, you said that. <laughs> I want to look at everybody's spider web lines and see if theirs is all. Okay, so since you were paying attention to that, you, you can't see them from like too far away. You know, like across the room is usually about the limit because they're just so thin that beyond that, it's like you can't see them at all. Yeah. But uh, so when they enter the restaurants, when you first get a chance at it, and they have that shimmer at first, but as they settle down uh, near you or Monroe, they, they go to a duller gray. All right. Oh, the silver lines are <laughs> losing their luster in proximity. Alcohol's illegal right now, Doctor Andrews. <laughs> so, oh, but God. opium's not. No, um, I'll just be mumbling that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. So, anyway, uh, you've lost your luster. Can I? That was long ago. <laughs> but uh, it, I think it's a good thing we went up there to check. Uh, there's something definitely going on. We found a. Mountain of bodies in an abandoned station. Some of them are pretty fresh. On the Mo- property? Uh, just off of it. Oh, okay. Uh, to the, was it northeast? East, right. Something like that. Uh, some of them are looking pretty fresh. Uh, there's also a missing person woman. Uh, so I'm guessing that the person up there that's doing this had their fill of hobos and decided to start venturing out into more respectable population. Oh, great. There's a lot of them. Uh, Whitmire can tell you about one he's got to see up close, hung up in the rafters. Go for it, Whitmire. I'm going to enjoy this pot roast because it looks and smells delicious. (laughs) It was a dead body. (laughs) (laughs) Who was uh, it? Gift of Gab. I'll uh, I'll hand uh, Dr. Andrews the, the gentleman's wallet. What are you listening to, Mr. Monroe? I was seeing if I could, if I was paying enough attention (laughs) to hear Andrew's mumbling about, you know, people losing their luster. I have you even hear people when they're speaking clearly, though. (laughs) (laughs) You're waiting to, you got to get the pitch out. Yeah. Well, for those of you that uh, have read Mr. Merriweather's letters and his journals, I'll remind you that I I believe it was in the initial letter to you that was in the box where he says that the thing upon his death would be weak at first, hungry from a long imprisonment. So I just want to remind you of that fact. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was pretty horrible. And they had, uh, if I recall correctly, they had their uh, a hole in their uh, chest or stomach, and uh, they had their most of their insides taken out, as I can only imagine. Uh, all the all the time it took to uh, pull out all those insides as I uh, start to slurp my spaghetti noodles <laughs> up into <laughs> just uh, I, sorry this is the the visual I was about was to there s- man <laughs> I was also gonna say that they would have like uh, was it when you were starting to describe it one of us should have turned to the waitress and asked for like a scoop or two scoops of ice cream yeah <laughs> but anyway um, I. I don't find it pertinent, but uh, perhaps you guys will. Uh, there was also a dead raccoon, fairly recent. 
also likewise killed the same way. So whoever's doing this is... At the train station, the raccoon was? At, this was on this the property. This was at the oh, house. Okay. As I, I think it's obvious that uh, that whatever whatever woke Were there up any other the bodies house, on, uh, found there, at the house? There were no immediate corpses found at the house. There was an odd smell, but I don't associate that one with the uh, decomposition of a, a body. It's just closer like an animal den. Hmm. Yeah, it didn't smell okay. like every day. It smelled better. Was there a, any sort of feeling? Was there a, like an ominous feeling about the place or anything? I forget. Uh, not that you picked up on. Okay. Um, but uh, but Mr. Whitmire definitely yeah. behaved like there was. Uh, but for the most part, it looks like you run at the mill. That doesn't matter. Mr. Whitmire acts like every mirror is the mm. portal to. But know. for the most part, it looks like the average one of the mill abandoned or uh, uh house you know old time salt salt box style house uh the doors were still locked uh, i didn't get a chance to check the back one sheriff interrupted me on that one but the front door was still locked uh there was a fresh uh garden in the the front yard um that uh, seemed to be more tended than the area around it showing that someone was there like i said there was a station full of hobos who apparently were squatting there most of the time, but uh, I think that's done with. And uh, we didn't inform the sheriff of anything we found after we separated with him. But we're not going to be able to keep that that under wraps for long. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he hasn't gone out there to, to check himself. I mean, he would... He very well might. Yeah, you would soon. think with his, uh, his comment earlier that you know, I, I take this back. Uh, it's probably the sheriff. He's probably the gin. That, that was a joke uh, that he just likes shooting hobos. <laughs> no, does, uh, why else would he really be out at that property? As, uh, he was just using Meriwether's son as an excuse. I mean, have, has anybody ever seen Meriwether's son? He wasn't married. Yes. yes. Had, no. <laughs> no, never had kids. Uh, <laughs> that was the gin, too. <laughs> So what's next? Well, we're going to be waiting for a telegram from the sheriff. Yeah. And he's going to inform us that it everything's uh, copacetic with the... Not the right word. Copacetic with the uh, paperwork. And we're going to be able to go out in there. And you guys are going to be able to visit your new house, hopefully sometime tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, well, so I guess then I would report... Yeah, what did you guys find? Yeah, what limited information we were able to get during our translation so did they already get the uh the tale of the gin yeah i share the the handouts with everyone usually unless there's something secret going on okay so yeah we'll we'll tell them that we translated that from the uh, that was from the divermis right yeah misters um and then a little bit more the fragment of ancient egyptian poetry that i had deciphered yeah, and to go along with the translations, Lamar's uh, take on spirits is that usually they needed a specific invocation or binding to deal with that spirit. Yeah, the individual. Yeah. So it was kind of a matter of piecing down what you could of this proposed gin and finding the right thing in the De Vermis Mysterious to handle it. Yeah, so we're going to have to continue to try and get this thing translated. Is there anything that uh, I should be looking for at the property? Or do you not want us going back there till we're all ready to go out there? Does it give you it's any gonna be information very dangerous. on 
how to identify which type it is. Whitmire brings up a good point. No, not yet, unfortunately. I'm starting to get a little suspicious of Meriwether's son, though. You say that someone was tending the garden out there. Yeah, uh, it didn't look to be too recent. Everything was stunted, but it was definitely a, a little plot for a garden. He didn't seem upset about anybody else getting any pieces of property until it came to ours. And then he blew up over it. Yeah. He's fighting us in court over it. Uh, I'm starting to get curious if he is uh, has been in some sort of league with this djinn or trying to find some way to yeah to enslave it maybe <laughs> but uh, uh i would also just say that he's probably a spoiled brat well he didn't seem to care that finn mccracken got you know and didn't he get a piece of property and a, a stipend to live on and yeah yep and there were a lot of other possessions that were given away that were probably of more value than this piece of property was and it seems it it it's always seemed strange to me since since the will reading that this was the piece that he had the biggest pe uh contention over just uh like on a off chance would i say that that area out there's probably prime for possible expansion or anything would there be more like monetary value than potentially some other place that's um, near a, it's near a railroad right if that were the case, you didn't see it currently, and uh, you would have to have some sort of specialized knowledge about that particular thing, like say about some sort of up-and-coming field that wouldn't okay. want to use that land. But the way it looked when you were there, as though it had fallen on harder times. So, Would what Monroe's saying possibly lead me to suspect that maybe Meriwether's son is the killer? I mean, that wanting to keep it secret, wanting to keep it to himself. It could be the case, but I would say your read, as opposed to Monroe's, because you were at the reading as well, is that he waited until the end of the full and reading. blew up on everything. And blew up. And it just, your guys' assignments of things came at the end. Okay. So, okay. I mean, it, it could be coincidence, but it also could be the way Monroe takes it too. I'm not yeah. saying specifically. Well, I'm also trying to figure out who I might think right. would be doing this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Monroe. I think you probably... I might be reading too much into it, but still, uh, I kind of feel like I should go speak to his son or someone should go speak to his son over this, at the very least to try and smooth things out with him over the the inheritance. Well, if you want, I'm more than willing to go down with one of you guys and be in the property owners. I'll help you out. Um, I've got one more day on translating, so I'd, I'd like to get that done first. But that said, yeah, whatever you guys are going to do, we probably should do it fairly quick i can't yeah. legally set on that many bodies i understand well, we um, still need to find a good brick i stop with that idea <laughs> i'm gonna get a shot it's, it's how news was delivered perhaps tomorrow afternoon uh, i've got a meeting with an egyptologist tomorrow uh, and after that then perhaps we can try and set up an appointment with the son and see if we can go and speak with him sounds like a plan thank you Ah, oh. that was a good pot roast. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I've been in a car most of the day. I'm going to go home, take a nice bath, All go right. to bed. See you guys tomorrow. I'm now, get up and walk out, wave to Steve. Was that his name? Yes, Steve yeah. Bailey. Mr. Bailey. Well, yeah, even, you know, it was a wonderful pot roast. Uh, not as good as my wife's, but I think you understand how that goes. 
Of course, of course. See you tomorrow, Steve. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you. <laughs> All right, so since it looks like we're putting a, an end to the day, is that what we're doing, or is there anything else you guys want to do before you call it a night? No, I didn't have anything else to do. Nothing else with anybody else, but I would like to uh, try and skim through um, the Liber Ivanis to see if it has anything on gin. <laughs> Just kind of skim through for, like, you know, keywords or something like that. Okay. All right. So let's... Just um, using that occult tome check thing. All right. Well, so we'll go down the list here. So Whitmire, last night you had continued reading through the Nameless Cults. Is that what you want to do with your evening tonight? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I will. Okay. Actually, no. I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going to go see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So who's next here? Andrews, uh, you going to take another... You you can take another Latin role at the De Vermis Mysterious if you wish, or you could switch to the other book that you've been reading, which was the Abermelon configuration, not configuration, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Book of yeah, I want to do that. Try and get my mind to break from the. Okay, so I'll notch another day on that one for you. All right, Mister Whitmire, you see a movie called The Phantom Carriage, that was okay. Nothing to write home about, but it is a little less unsettling than reading books sometimes you've found. Oh, okay. Well, that's all right. <laughs> okay, Detective Glover, just straight home back to bed. Mm-hmm. Well, as well as one can. I mean, right. The house is too quiet. All right, so then that leaves Monroe taking a look at the Libra Ivanis. You can go ahead and give me... A hard Latin roll. Latin. No bonuses or penalties. Ooh. Mm. How'd you do? I got mm. an extreme. Check mark. Boom. <laughs> okay, so you, as you're going through it, you see a repeat of a term you had not, uh, you have heard recently, and that's the dust of uh, Ibn Ghazi, right? It was mentioned in the the uh, journals that Mr. Merriweather left you as part of the ceremony to summon this gin. Its properties were not well explained from Mr. Merriweather's point of view, but uh, it was used when the ceremony went haywire to, it was like cast onto the gin, and then the shape of the gin was revealed to those there, and that seemed to be what triggered uh, this insanity that occurred amongst one of the the people that was part of the ceremony the guy that wouldn't stop screaming okay yeah um, and you got the brief description from Meriwether of what the thing looked like uh, anyhow so it talks about the dust of him Ibn Ghazi it actually gives the how you make it pull that up here but it requires like the things you you can find about it are pretty mundane you know you could get them at a hardware store and some of them you could get like at Orion's, but, and you've heard this one again too. It calls the recipe calls for glund fluid, but you weren't able to figure out what that was last season. Blood? Glund, G L U N D. Okay. And Ibn Ghazi, that's spelled I B E N or E B N? Um, I believe it's like this. Ah, okay. Ibn Ghazi. 
but yeah, you're in a part of the the codex that is listing a bunch of things that are effective against um, all manner of invisible spirits. Okay. Although the author uh, Ibon doesn't really describe them as invisible, he describes them as as uh, dwelling on different levels of existence, basically, just something that our eyes don't see into, but they're always there. Okay, is his claim. Time to go send Lamar on a f- search for Glund fluid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that puts the day at an end. You get a night's rest, and you all wake up in the morning. And I got some of what was going on more back to the translations for you two. Yeah. What were you going to do with that next day, Whitmire? Uh, I think I will... As I, I'm going to be a little bit absent today. As I mean, you know, it's not every day that you uh, you walk into a into a uh, building full of dead bodies, right? So uh, I'm gonna. What I thought that was like your Friday. <laughs> yeah, usually, but not with their insides pulled out like that. I'm gonna start to plan my hostile takeover of uh, Middle City. Uh. <laughs> of uh alcohol running uh what are they called uh bootlegging and uh ginger okay. as you know get try to get back to my roots right yeah take your mind off uh all the stuff that doesn't make sense to you and get back to what you knew take a self-care day as they call it yep. uh okay all right so it's um i believe we're on sunday correct Let's see, Sunday the uh, 21st, right? Yes. Are you a Catholic mass attender these days, Dr. Andrews? Yes. Okay. All right, then. So I guess we'll begin with you, and um, you can give me... We'll do first, you got yourself ready to go down to a Catholic church near to where you've been staying and take care of that. And as you're walking out of where you're staying, go and give me a luck roll. Uh, my luck isn't all that good. I know. <laughs> oh. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Push it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can follow that with a listen roll. <laughs> if it's the same drunk driver. <laughs> <laughs> Your survival uh, skills are impressive. I did successfully listen to something. All right, so you have this experience uh, where, whereby you hear a little sound, something that would easily be filtered out uh, as just background sound in the city, but it, it uh, it's kind of like a little like clay chinking on clay or something on that. But it starts to grow into a loud sound. I've no I've never I don't know if you've ever been in that circumstance where there's that sound that gets really loud that you don't see yet, right? Yeah. But you almost it's almost all encompassing. You're not even sure where it's coming from, but you look up to see a bunch of clay shingles raining down from like the, your the building you live in is 3 stories high. Yeah. They're just coming down. So I'll give you a bonus on a dex roll. Let's take a bonus. Number of dice. 2. Hmm. That was with bonus? Mm. I don't know. I put in the... That would have meant you rolled three nines in a row. Does it show you what you mm. rolled? Yeah, mouse over the number. Yeah, it's uh, you got a 10 and a 10. 
basically, and then they do minus one, so it becomes your nine, and then you roll the five for your ones uh, spot. Oh, okay. So uh, you don't have the luck for it. You could attempt to push it in a couple of different ways. So you see you need to get out, out of the way, obviously. You have a split second to decide that. You can do make a counterintuitive kind of move that would bring you back under the awning uh, that would protect you from it, but that's further away, and your body's already kind of moving towards the street. Yeah. So if you decide to pivot to get under the awning, that would be the basis for the push. But if it doesn't work out, it's going to be worse than it ordinarily would be even yeah. if you don't get out of the way going the way you're going. Alternatively, let me take a look at something. Use your brawl. Maybe I'll cast a spell. Yeah, you can see, you know, as as you're kind of shielding your eyes at the morning sun looking up there, you see the silver or dull gray strands running off your arm there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where do I see how many? I think I accidentally clicked it in there. Hmm. Didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Where do I see how many magic points I've got? But it's kind of up to you. It's you got to make a meta decision. Uh, but you can do one MP and one sanity per number of rounds you wish it to last. Uh, and then, you know, it increases your dex rank. You can make two actions in a turn. Your movement rank goes up by two. Uh, you have learned that it has a detrimental effect on the flip side. Whereas your physical health, like I described it, you had like a fever almost. Yeah. And your muscle soreness, acute muscle soreness. Yeah. After your experimentation with it. There's nothing opium won't cure. I'll try it. Okay. <laughs> opium and cocaine. Yeah. So how much you want to do it for? Just the one round? Yeah. Just enough to get out of the way. All right. So deduct one magic point and one sanity from your totals. So yeah, you kind of, you know, you, with that wounded hand of yours, you sort of crook it. You don't even necessarily have to touch it. You found you just, you know, you, it's something about thinking about it. And, and touching it bridges the space between where your hand physically is and where that line is. Yeah. And it kind of tugs it down, you know, like just jigs it a little bit. And you just get clarity, you know, and you see the other people as they're turning towards the racket that are on the street, you know, but they're kind of slowed down. From your perspective, it feels like you're moving your normal speed, but you watch those clay tiles just kind of yeah. right slow down a little bit and you can... Step out of the way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it ends, and then they're all, you know, just pu- like even louder racket as they're all crashing and smashing against the sidewalk there. And uh, the nearest guy is like, whoa, buddy, you all right? Yes, I'm quite okay. Thank you. He's like, are you an athlete? You That's move a- fast. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been the adrenaline. <laughs> sure enough. What well, a freak accident, eh? Yes, you should... Uh, you should Go play the numbers game. Yeah. I think today's your day. I think it might be. <laughs> but nobody else got hurt? Nope. Nope. Okay. They're good. And it, and then you feel that, you know, as the effect goes away, you feel uh, like you're just like a sheen of sweat just covers you suddenly head to toe. You know, you can feel yeah. it dampening the clothes underneath. Heart thumping away in yeah. the ears. Right. And um, yeah, sort of a weird metallic taste in the back of your mouth, like you've run a mile. And you can actually deduct a hit point. Mm. Okay. That's how I feel getting off the couch these days. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even... I've been hurt. Manipulate time. (laughs) Well, who knows what it's like from his perspective. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah, so then you go on to mass. But again, you have that feeling that you had yesterday, that fatalistic feeling. Yeah. And you're watching and when you get into the 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 church and all the people are sat at the pews, you know, you can just see this sort of sphere of grayness uh, spread out from you, basically. Yeah. With uh, Monroe not there, that makes it pretty clear right. that you're the source of it, although not understanding the cause fully. All right. Now, you being a... You don't have to go to church. You can immediately get to work. Yeah, I'm a heathen. <laughs> Churchgoers <laughs> should understand this, that if you don't go to church, you can work more. Do Egyptologists also work on Sunday? Uh, I think so. I don't I'm. I don't know too much about their... Because I should technically have my uh, meeting with uh, one of the Egyptology grad students today. Yeah, I think they said it for Monday, though. Oh, for Monday? Yeah, okay. if I remember right. I could have said Sunday, but if that's what it was, we can go with it. We can... Um, either way, uh, I'll be uh, heading to the library to try and, first off, you know, get in the good graces of the gatekeeper yeah. to the restricted section right. and to to continue working on the egyptology okay um all translation. right you already did your role so um, we can is lamar's open this morning depends on when you get up he usually opens around 11 i think he might also be n newly found as a devout <laughs> but speaking uh, about lamar you do have a telegram waiting for you oh he said he had an odd uh incident happen to him and he thinks you know, in regards to curses, mm -hmm. perhaps we should try a few different um, wards against them Ooh. just to be safe. What could it hurt, basically, is the gist of the telegram. Yeah. In that case, I'll do uh, some, you know, administrative work on my for my museum, you know, change some positions of stuff, bring out some stuff from storage until about 11. Then I'll head over to Lamar's to talk to him. OK. All right. And Glover, what's your morning looking like? Oh, Wake up, probably shave, get dressed, nice, uh, nice clean suit, and uh, probably head off to L o Lafferty's to eat breakfast. If uh, none of them are there, I'll sit at the uh, the bar, essentially, whatever it is, the the counter with the stools. Yeah, and... uh, none of them are there, yeah. but uh, you do see a recognizable face um, walk in through the glass doors because it's Detective Bell one of your colleagues, right? And he comes in and he spots you and he comes up and he's like, you know, he's always like chewing like a toothpick or something, which he has right now. He's like, hey, can I sit with you? Yeah, I sit right down, Bill. How's it going? Ain't seen you in a while. Ah, uh, pretty good. Staying busy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm enjoying my vacation. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they'll get it sorted out. Ah, uh, it's just all this. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a man behind the times, right? <laughs> Uh, so I got a question for you. Shoot. You've been um, hanging around with Mr. Monroe, Dr. Andrews. Is that right? Yeah. It's what, uh, it's what I'd heard. You know, I didn't know if there was any truth to it or whatnot. But Man's got to keep himself busy. Right. Uh, but, you know, they were uh, associated with a corpse we found yesterday. There's nothing pointing to them. But mm. I was looking into these guys and they have a lot of... It kind of goes back to a murder... A while back, you know, almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. And their names kind of come up. They get involved with it later on, you know. But then there's just weird stuff. Kids disappearing from college, all kinds of stuff. And I get these same set of names, you know. And that just, 
I don't have anything. I just wondering what your thoughts on these gentlemen are. Well, if you want me for a character witness, I'm good <laughs> for it because they're a bunch of fruitcakes. <laughs> Every last one of them's nuttier than a squirrel's uh, nest in the middle of winter. Um, I don't see them killing anyone. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's 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 almost like I'm looking at, um, you know, Malone or or one of the the bootleggers. It's you know, people just disappear. Or they get locked up, you know, they, they end up being committed, except they're obviously not those people. But it's the same sort of phenomenons that occur, you know, nothing you can attach to them, but people disappear, they end up insane, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, if you got nothing to add to that, then I'll go about my merry way. I'm, I'm just keeping an eye on them right now. You think it's worth looking a little bit more into this? Because I don't really have anything to bring to Sarge. Uh, you know what? There's something I'm kind of sitting on right now because I'm not currently on vacation. Uh, but if you can give me a couple of days, I'm willing to tell you about it now. It might be good for you, too, if you're able to. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, what was the name of the uh, Ross's Corner? Ross's Corner. Right. All right. So um, they're kind of looking into some stuff right now. Uh, they recently came into some property, uh, Mr. Merriweather. Prominent man here. Have you heard of him? Mm, name rings a bell. Yeah. Well, his name should probably be popping up in some of your uh, investigations because he's he was thick as thieves with all these boys. Mm. He gave them a property up in a place called Ross's Corner. I was there at the reading. Right. Um. There's a whole lot of weird stuff going on up there. I think we got a mad dog killer up there who's been whacking hobos for a while now. <laughs> 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 I don't think these guys are involved in it. But they're... They've been brought into it by hmm. deceased Mr. Merriweather. Yeah, I think Mr. Merriweather was involved in a lot of weird stuff, too. That's the weird thing. And now that you mention it, you know, I've only been work looking into him since I met him, which was at that crime scene. You know, uh, I think I did hear Merriweather in one of those files I was looking at. But um, So you're saying there's dead hobos out there? I got mountain of corpses. <laughs> Jeez. You got to give me a little bit on it. Let them clear up whatever it is they got going on. Yeah. Then call you in, make the discovery. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it that way. Just uh, let me know how you need me to play it uh, from my end. Because, you know, I I noticed it. Me and you, we pick up things pretty quick. Mm -hmm. But if their names keep coming up like this, then the whole department's going to know who these guys are. Because yeah. they look like, like I said, a... Uh, Patrick Malone or Francis Walsh, you know, they look like crime lords, but you got, what is that, like a doctor mm. and whatever <laughs> this Monroe is, you know, there's no crime lords there unless they're the best actors in the world, yeah. which I, I'm not and then sure you about got, that. You got Whitmire who's able to recognize a cop by smell. Yeah. Well, maybe they are. Maybe they hire him to do the, the parts they can't do. I don't know. I can't figure it out. But he left. He left Boston and he's in New York mostly. Whitmire? No, yeah. he's here. Oh. He's giving you the slip, eh? Well, it ain't your department. Yeah. Nah, I don't picture Whitmire being a gunman. Hmm. Boy, ain't got it in him. Well, I think we can probably hold off until Wednesday pretty safely. I'm good with that. I'll poke around. I won't mess up any of the scenes. See if I can find anything out for you, all right? All right, well. Maybe get you a name or two. Because I don't think they're doing it. They didn't even know about this place until that reading went down. So it's not them. Hmm. 
don't know, Monroe was saying some stuff about uh, Meriwether's son acting sort of weird about the place, which I saw he got all up in arms. I'm not too sure on that one, but who knows? Hmm. I've heard weirder, so... Uh, at the end of the day, it's your play. I mean, we got a mountain of corpses. You can't just sit on that stuff forever. Right. You know, I understand that. Well, I think we, like I said, I think we can hold off until Wednesday before we absolutely have to do something. No. Uh, although if it seems like there's going to be some trouble before then, let me know. You know, I don't want to be looking like I don't know what's going on. I mean, it might some not even be our me. jurisdiction. I think you might be fine on that. Right. No, the, for but, sure. But they're back here, right? In Boston? They're all currently, yeah. Hmm. Well, when's your when's your, your court date? Or the investigation still going on? When's that coming up? I'll be informed when it gets close is all I ever hear. Hmm. Well, we're all pulling for you, Clover. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And I trust me, I'll, if it goes south, your name won't get mentioned. I'll, you know, But for the most part, I'll try to make sure you come out, cherry on top. Everything will be good. Okay, well, I appreciate that, but I'm more worried for you. Like I said, people just, they don't always die around these guys. But they're pretty bad off. <laughs> My wife, God bless her soul. Best you not forget that. <laughs> My wife, God bless the woman. I've lived with her for, for 25 years. I think if I haven't been driven insane yet, it ain't going to happen because of a couple. <laughs> All right, well. I got to get back to it. I was thinking about talking to these guys myself, but uh, maybe I'll just let them sit for a while <laughs> since we have this agreement. But we'll talk to you later, Glover. All right. I'll shake his hand. Yeah. So he departs. So that was... Uh... Uh, Detective Bell. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, Detective Glover. So you watch Detective Bell walk out the glass doors, spin on his heel, turn back around and come in and he's like, Slides back in the seat across from me. He's like, I forgot something. An important detail. Kind of got the hairs on the back of my neck. I uh, I just kind of mentioned the names in passing to... Oh, I'm trying to blink here, sorry. <laughs> uh, to Sergeant Terry, you know, because I saw when I was researching them that they're in the uh, Hermetic Order of the Silver Twilight. And he told me, he got real stern like he does, you know. And he says, you don't say their names again. If you're looking into them, you tell me first. And so I left it at that. I said, hey, they were just at a crime scene. And I just was looking into their background. So you may give it what you will. Well, there's some of that stuff where, you, you know, bite off more than you chew. Always got to be careful. But that's on you if that happens. And if I ever see you one more time again, just one more thing. <laughs> I'm the one more time guy. <laughs> 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 oh, and one other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, I can't help you with that. If he doesn't want you looking into it, I mean, that's your road to hoe. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know, because it seemed odd, right? Yeah, it does seem odd. But uh, I don't have any other things. And I didn't pretend to forget that. I literally forgot it. And I remembered, because I had to pee, and it popped into my head. Now you so. stick to your story. <laughs> Anyhow, I'll, I'll we'll talk it. to you later, to, <laughs> later Detective Clover. <laughs> tips his hat and walks out the door for good this time. And then <laughs> Whitmire, you're sitting down with a, a notepad and a pen and you're, you know, tapping the pen on the page, trying to think how you're going to make your moves here. And you're realizing that if you want to do this plan, 
take over Middletown? Is that what you said? Uh, I mean, middle of the city. Uh, mainly yeah. the gin joints being able to supply to them. Is, uh, You're going to need a fair amount of capital, so why don't you give me a hard credit rating rule? Nope. Oh, you failure. Yeah, so you're putting some figures down like you do, you know, kind of haphazardly. There's no, no rhyme or reason except to you, you know, so if anybody were to get this paper, paper with its random numbers on it they wouldn't know how to make any sense of it but you realize that you're gonna have to make some moves prior to that as you're working on it throughout the day there's just you're just not making the ends meet you don't have have all the necessary funds to get it going right you think your crew is just a little too small too well this is what stops me from a life of crime in real life so i'll just uh <laughs> commit to going back to a uh, regular nine to five i guess oh, i have zero money i don't know any hard cases either <laughs> i don't really have a crew so i guess i'll just keep going to work and where, where do i source all my drugs from? i do no, that I'll, uh, when i wake up <laughs> yeah i mean it, it like i said this isn't uh I, I don't see that this would be like a short term. Uh, yeah, yeah. Solution. I was just yeah. So it, it, yeah. it basically just an outline, right? Like uh, you know how many how many more people would we need to add to the crew? What would that cost? Uh, maybe be able to hire some other some uh, other local good Samaritans to go bust up some uh, some other bootleg storage uh, facilities so that those gin joints run dry and I can. Uh, work my way in there. Yeah, you're close. You just need a cash infusion to get the uh, the stock on hand uh, and to, to pick up a few more guys. So that's kind of where you're at. you're at by the middle of the day, sort of dreaming up uh, different ways you can get that money, which is always what it boils down to. But uh, by then, Dr. Andrews has finished up with Mass and uh, gone on to uh, work on his translation some more. Same with Mr. Monroe, so you guys are back at the library. Yes, sir. Okay, one sec. Um, I was going to stop by Lamar's shop to figure out, find what he had oh, sent right, a telegram right. about before I hit the museum. Okay, so yeah, you um, you walk into his shop, I suppose, while Andrews is, is at church, still at mass, and... Uh, his eyes are a little wider than normal. Not that they widened upon your arrival as they normally do, but just he looks a little startled. And and uh, he's like, Monroe, um, come in. How are you doing? Is everything well? Everything's well with me. Are you all right? You seem a bit flustered today. Well, I I don't know. You know, you guys came in talking about uh, curses. And when I was closing up shop, I uh, dang near got brained by the fire escape ladder on my way out the back. Hmm. You guys didn't really clue me in into what the nature of the curse was, but... Yes, it was something that we were not entirely certain of ourselves. We'd been kind of warned a little bit, but our the warning we had gotten was uh, somewhat ambiguous. Right. Well, since I've met you, I have learned to take nothing as coincidence. Probably good policy. Now, I guess you could say I walk out that back door after I close up shop every night, and I walk under that fire escape to my car to go home every night, and if it were to fall, I would be a good candidate for it to almost fall on, but the timing of you telling me that curse, book, 
and then it happening, you know. Hmm. Yes, I, I understand. Uh, but you came out unharmed? Uh, yes, barely. Okay. Perhaps his overwhelming spiritual powers has begun to perform a malevolent tulpa <laughs> that is now seeking out to take over his body. I'd show you my roles if I hadn't done them GM whisper between last session and this session. <laughs> and you would be shocked. <laughs> because I fumbled the first time, I criticaled after that, and then I succeeded after that. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to see that you're unharmed, Lamar. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned that you were um, looking at ways of mitigating curses. Oh, right. Something that, you know, if we if we start suffering the same effects and could be very useful for us, and uh, if there's anything I can help you with, then please let me know. Yes, I was thinking it might be wise if we all gathered, at least those of us associated with the De Vermis Mysterious, and took a shotgun approach um, of wards. What? protections blessings all right uh what what wards uh are you suggesting and what materials or what sources do i need to gather in order to well i have a lot of them there um we would need a priest or maybe to visit a church to get one of them i'm i'm thinking nothing is out of bounds (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) we could make a day of it in fact a priest might be a little bit tough to come by on a Sunday to come with us, but uh, are there any other methods that we might be able to gather and do this evening? Yes. Uh, the one I was thinking of is an old Norse method. It requires a mirror or a, or a surface, like a pool, and um, <laughs> to look into it. And it's kind of a little woo-woo. It's uh, the modern versions of it. It's kind of like a self-affirmation in the mirror almost, but uh, mm-hmm. it's worth a shot. Could be worth it. Um, I've also seen symbols of protection that uh, I have one of them in my museum right now. That uh, Did you have an... Oh, yeah, you had the, yeah, the had thing that, made, right? Yeah, the silver, yeah. made out of silver. Um, perhaps uh, bring one of those to your shop as well may help. Um, I can also ask uh my companion uh about the state in which he had found the previous owner of the libra ivanis and because uh, he had mentioned that the previous owner had somehow managed to evade this curse for uh, a fairly decent amount of time so speak with him as well um if you want to gather what you believe you need uh, i can talk to Anders. I'm on my way to the library right now in order to continue some research with him and we can stop by your shop this evening. Uh, that would that would work, although it makes me a little nervous of all that time in between then and now. Mm. Uh, well, Perhaps for... you know a small blessing or ward before you go for the both of us? Do I? <laughs> and he, he pulls at the missing, like the <laughs> ruined part oh, of the, his the chunk of his ear. ear. Oh, that's missing. Um well, there's a, d- a bunch of different ways you'd go go from there. Like you, you're a cult, you know, um, a myriad selection of them. So you could roll it, and yeah. we could see what you get. I give you. There it is. Um, bonus or no? No, just regular. Okay. How are we going to oh. determine what uh, oh. like culture he pulls from? Oh. I accidentally said it on hard, but that does not matter. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it's very hard for me to critical fail. What was the rules? Can you 
push or does you can't get rid of the fumble you could turn it into like a fumble success by pushing it but then you double up on any potential threat hmm. dude you're gonna curse them that's a 72 73 um i'll push it to see if i can mitigate the, <laughs> the fumble or not not get rid of but you know lessen the fumble right that's how it would work if i pushed uh yeah okay come on 100 okay nah there we go okay so yeah i pushed it and got a hard success on so that how, like how you, how do you explain that is it like you were thinking about one type of blessing but then you're like, oh no it's actually got like gum arabic and not this other <laughs> thing that would have been a horrible curse of a wilting and desiccation curse <laughs> so you kind of do um one that you you know is kind of what's the term it was a little cheap but it stuck in your head it called to a lot of different uh deities and it kind of fit across a few different uh paths into the occult and it's while you're going through this at the point where you fumble and you and you're naming you know like a sumerian god but yeah. uh in, instead of what you thought in your head you say tip, right <laughs> okay <laughs> and you but even your voice goes down like two <laughs> like two octaves right and lamar actually jumps back at you and there's this whole like you think you hear the cry of father somewhere far distant for just a split second so go ahead and give me a sanity roll we'll see how lamar does hard success of course i'm like father i know him he's terrifying (laughs) and i don't want to ever see him again one day, Justin, I'll see Lamar insane. <laughs> I had it on hard, but he's 45, so. Okay. We are going to drive this poor dude completely <laughs> batshit. Oh, no, man. If Sorry. if Johan hadn't uh, gone completely off his rocker, I would have tried to get him. I would have convinced him to do so much weird stuff. I probably would have done the tray panning on him first. <laughs> see if it did open up his third eye or something. Yeah, so Lamar uh, shrinks back and, uh, you know, clatters against the stuff he has on display behind him, you know, like with his arms sprayed, splayed out, and he looks shocked and pale, and he's like, why, why would you say that? Like you said it. <laughs> what are you doing, Monroe? <laughs> I'm sorry, i I I don't understand why I did it myself. It just kind of felt right. <laughs> happened in the moment as I was speaking. <laughs> um, Dude, blame Lamar. I, I apologize. This, blame this Lamar. has never happened before. <laughs> Always blame Lamar. It's his spiritual power. <laughs> Perhaps is your shop situated on a ley line or or something like that? That I no, I've we, never invoked that. Kind of. We already went over that. It wasn't. We. I mean, we found <laughs> one nearby, but. Hmm. Yes, I've I've never had that happen before. I've d- had discussions about him for with Doctor Andrews and Whitmire several times, but never that happened. Sometimes you assure me that you're <laughs> taking things seriously, but I can never be entirely sure. Monroe, is this all just a game to you? I I mean, look, look. I understand that and, happened not that long ago. And I'll lift up where <laughs> I had cut off a piece of my own fat and and uh, given it to. Uh, the woman you went back i why I would did, you i i assure you that while i do take all of this very seriously my curiosity has uh 
many times taken the better as a of seeker, my sense. As a seeker of knowledge, you are always prepared to pay the price. You know, Mr. Monroe, on second thought, I actually find that my schedule is quite packed for today, so we will have to put uh, the wards and blessings off for, for tomorrow at the earliest. Very well, and I will do some research this evening to see if I can find any others and... and <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Bless him, Lamar. We'll bring. I'll bring any information that I can come to, and if you have a chance to come across any other protective wards or spells, then uh, please you can, let us know because we are also in in danger. You might also want to expand the scope of the wards that you are looking for. <laughs> now that the name of, um, and then yeah, I'll I'll uh, just kind of haphazardly say. Um, by any off chance, have you heard a reference of something called Glund oil? No, you asked me that a month ago or two months ago. I'd, we couldn't okay. figure it out. We both looked okay. into it. it was, uh, I was just curious if perhaps you had run across it in the, in the meantime. I mean, I'll take another look at it, I suppose. Uh, but I am actually very busy. I understand. Uh, so <laughs> Back into the shadows, Monroe. Have a good day, Monroe. <laughs> yeah, I'll, having... Psychologically <laughs> shattered the man for the day. Uh, we'll go on. <laughs> yeah, when you leave his store and you walk down, you turn you turn around. It's a totally different store by the time you turn around. It's a shoe shop now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So on to the library with you. Uh, you can make a Latin roll for today, Doctor Andrews, for your book. Uh, what time of day are we getting? In? Is this where I? We're heading towards noon. Meet up with you, or do you want me to meet you elsewhere? Um, yeah, I guess we would, we'd want to set up a a meeting for kind of later in the evening if we were going to try and go visit him okay. at his personal residence and, um, yeah, say meet up just before dinner and see if we could All right. at my museum and then we can head from there to go talk to the son. Okay. So I'll be hanging out around the telegram shop like if there's a coffee place nearby i'll go in tell them i'm expecting a telegram from a sheriff oh, oh hooper uh, hooper was the name he gave you yeah. you assume a last name yeah. and that my name is uh jack glover uh it also could be made out to a jimmy whitmire or a james whitmire okay i'm going to pick it up for either and right. i'll be nearby waiting until uh, five thirty-ish, I guess is what I'll say. Okay. All right, Doctor Andrews. So with that Latin roll, you're actually able to make a good amount, nice of ways into the the book, and you think that it has been a help to talk with Lamar, despite your dislike for his uh, penchant of cheap spiritualism and whatnot. But his help in the translation did clue you on to the specific chapter in the book that seems as though it's going to yield some gold. So let me see. So in this um, Van Prin, as you continue on past the tale of, of Jin, he gives you many and varied ways to invoke them or to bind them uh, or to go through the process of, of reaching some accord with them. And let me share this with you. All right, so since you're able to make it out, this is included near to where you saw that pentagram. It's... Uh, and you realize now that the writing there references the, the pentagram, but basically it includes some steps to the, Samar uh, the ceremony that are familiar to you because you've read similar bits from Meriwether's journals about 
their ceremony all those years ago. Oh, okay. But he kind of goes through it, and it's basically, he says, the supplicant should begin the ritual of binding by first preparing the grounds and painting upon a firm surface the illustrated pentagram. Know that one false brushstroke shall create an avenue, however narrow, through which the jinn may travel and disturb the ritual. So long as the circle be correct and none enter, then the entity shall not harm the being directly. It should be understood that not even I have lived so long as these beings, and they are crafty. Their methods of distraction and harm will be many and varied. A sacrifice of blood shall be offered beside the circle upon whatever altar is thy desire. It only matters that the dagger be fashioned of unalloyed metal. With caution, gather the blood in a chalice of gold or silver and place it upon the altar. According to the ancient sorcerers, the presence of a proper sacrifice shall act as an intoxicant to the spirit and shall blunt its cunning. An incense shall be burned throughout of whatever herbs are sovereign over evil spirits. Most important, glen fluid must infuse the incense at a ratio of one to ten, or else the spirit will notice it not. At the appointed hour, the supplicants shall begin to chant. The liturgy should be continuous and free of interruption. Save for those times, thirst must be quenched, and the body must be relieved. Even then, stop only upon immediate need. From amongst the gathered, a watcher should be designated to ward against lesser spirits that shall try to disrupt the ceremony. The spirit shall resist, but will eventually be drawn to the center of the circle. The entity shall bargain at this time, and if the supplicant desires, then they shall be joined ever after. But if those in attendance wish to bind the entity, then the real peril has begun. Once enough of the will of those who seek it has been gathered, the thing shall return to the stone from which it, from which it came. Store the stone in a gold or silver chest. Be forewarned, should the spirit depart before the binding is complete or those involved in the ritual, then the entity shall dwell in the place of the ceremony until the lives of those who called it are spent. Then it shall be free upon the earth to seek the heart of man. So, uh, what brings this into relation to Meriwether's account is the assignment of the watcher, the description of the circle, and uh, I think those were kind of the main things. There, there was one other thing that popped out to me when I was reading it, but I lost it now. Oh, this uh, incomplete ritual where it described it as being bound to the lives of those who tried to summon it from that point, and free once they they die. That's exactly what Meriwether yeah. has described, so... And, uh, yeah, so let me uh, pop the translation over there for you. Did you bring uh, your your guys' copy of the De Vermis Mysteria? Yeah. Okay. So since you have both of those, Dr. Andrews, you do notice that there's something that is troubling about comparing both copies in the same location, and is that they call for slightly different things, or the wording slightly different. For example, in the case of a sacrifice of blood, in one copy, the cursed copy, uh, it just calls for blood. In the case of the copy that you guys found at the dead college students, it calls for human blood. But th that's like a difference between both writings. Yeah. But I'll let you digest that all for a minute, and I'll finish up what Monroe has here. Okay. Okay. So yeah, this is the complete translation of the inscription on the outside of the box, uh, save for the aclo that's scribed on the inside. You don't have a clue as that goes. So what you had found so far was seeker of wisdom, servant or son of 
like you have a bunch of different spellings for that. Uh, deliverer of the people or slaves of the water, bearer of the spirits of Narlothotep, child of Thoth, seeker of wisdom. Okay. And then the other problem that you're seeing, Dr. Andrews, is for the uh, invocations or liturgy, as he calls it, at some point, you have a bunch, you have a list of maybe a dozen different chants you can pick Okay. that call to different deities. Some you know the names of and some you don't. And that's in each book? Right, yeah. So there's differences there, too? Slight differences. The chants seem to be less corrupted, for lack of a better word, than the actual procedural breakdown of a a binding. That's where most of the corruption comes in there. Um, So it would take some time for you to note every one of those instances, but you can begin work on that if you'd like. Yeah, that's what I'll have my own notebook where I'll be writing this stuff down, observations and whatnot. How much blood do you think we can get out of Lamar? (laughs) (laughs) All of it. So, yeah, you're finished up with your your, uh, (coughs) verse, ward, whatever you want to call it on the outside of the sarcophagus-shaped box, which is gold, you know, or at least, you know, gold-plated. But um, what are you making of it, Monroe? Um... It's still kind of digesting it right now, but uh, it definitely does seem almost as if, well, I guess first I'd have to understand what the, uh, was it the slaves of the water, the people of the water are, but it seems as almost as if uh, someone or something was like a protector of the this group. Although they could have also been the person who provided this, who created the slaves of the water. Um, in relation to the jinn, though, the people or slaves of the water could be the jinn. Yeah, you kind of think because of the yeah they they're always referenced by elemental natures. Although usually uh, air and fire or something. Yeah, like usually they're um, air and fire, and people are earth and water. So yeah, that doesn't seem right. But you do know that uh, Van Pryn in the tale did make or did draw attention to the fact that these were more like mistaken for jinn. These were not the jinn of Saracen and Arab tales. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, Andrews has had some frustrating moments there. You know, I don't know if you vocalized that at all about looking at both copies. Yeah. As soon as he shows up, that's what I would start telling him. Yeah, but yeah, I'll be walking up, muttering to myself about you know what all this could mean, and yeah, but I'll be sort of excited. Monroe, I've had a breakthrough. Look at what I've learned. Ooh, and then I'll lay all that out for him. And but I will point out that there are discrepancies between the two copies here, and that's somewhat concerning. Mm-hmm. Because if we if we follow the wrong one, then it's not going to work, and we'll die horrible deaths well lamar <laughs> did mention that each of them has a slightly different ritual to bind them yes and so if we are going to follow one i yeah we I have to that. find the one that they used yeah which is the one that well yeah i suppose it may not we yeah we may have to track down the one that they use specifically yeah um who was it, it was mr bell that got all of no john scott Got all of Meriwether's books at the at the reading. Perhaps we could speak to him. 
See if uh, he happened to have Mr. Merriweather's copy. Or maybe there's something at the home. Yes. That they used. Yeah. Maybe something hidden there. Yeah, that's always a possibility as well. It's a shame Mr. Merriweather didn't bring any of this up before he passed away to give us a little (laughs) more context. He wasn't planning on being killed by a dimensional shambler on a transatlantic voyage. He should have been. <laughs> That's what gets should. you. I kind of expect to die at any given moment of any given day by some sort of weird yeah, creature. Right. Well, no, I, he was prepared. It. Uh, that's why he wasn't torn to pieces. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it killed him nonetheless, or the event killed him. <clears throat> but, mm. um, yeah. So which of those two do you guys favor? Talking to John Scott? Yeah. I mean, you would... Uh, I mean, that's the easiest one to do first is just talk with him, right? Yeah. Some change of plans then, perhaps? Um, well, I'm supposed to go speak with Meriwether's son, with Detective Glover. Okay. Uh, perhaps you could grab Whitmire and go try and track down John Scott and see if any of the books were yeah. In his collection, and you know, Whitmire's propensity for acquiring things that <laughs> right. are unacquirable if that need arises. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. We can do that. Uh, I'm supposed to meet with uh, Detective Glover this, this afternoon. Uh, do you think you could get uh, in contact with um, Whitmire? Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Whitmire's just in his room, drawing out plans to take over Boston. <laughs> No, at this hey, point, everyone's got I their hobbies. I, I'm started to like draw flowers and stuff. Yeah, as, uh, make don't lists draw of... Whitmire. <laughs> <laughs> this this is Whitmire's <laughs> mental health day. Yeah, it's like I get to do whatever I want. <laughs> okay, well, at some point, you do get contacted by Doctor Andrews. Oh, that means that my uh, mental health day has to start all over from right now. <laughs> Restart the timer. It seems as though he's requesting that you meet him at the Hermetic Order of the Silver Twilight. We need to get him a, uh, oh man, what is it? Like the, one of those prescription uh, dogs, whatever they're called. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Companion yeah, animal. Sir, yeah, companion animal. <laughs> Have it take the sand loss for him. Yeah. Um, I will. When did you want to meet? No. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. No. As soon as possible. <laughs> All right. I'll. Yeah. I'll be right there. Okay. And so you were kind of hanging around Detective Glover, waiting on telegrams and and whatnots. Uh, so I suppose you would have had the time to do the legwork to uh, figure out where you might even find Mister Merriweather, the younger. Right. Okay. Um, which is pretty easy for somebody of your connections and skill set. So it's, you know, just a matter of public records. That way you don't have to go in and give a badge number or anything like that. Like Logan Terry asked you to keep it off the record, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you just find he does have a license to practice law in Boston. He was recently disbarred though. You find that information out along with his address, right? All right. So, which he does have a, a, uh, condo here in Boston. What was his uh, full name? Bertrand <laughs> Merriweather. Bertrand L. Merriweather. Sounds like a real wet blanket. That's a real $5 name. 
Bertrand. Mrs. Merriweather chose the names. I tried to talk her out of it, but... <laughs> What's wrong with Hank? <laughs> That's what I favored. <laughs> Good, strong name. She wouldn't hear of it. It was a grandfather on her mother's side. Might as well name him Liam and <laughs> Liam. And... <laughs> Did you just make that up right now? No, that's a name. I don't know. Somebody got hit in the head or something. All right. So we will stick with Andrews and Whitmire as they go to the Hermetic Order of the Silver Twilight. And again, as you guys are both members here, we were logged out. You, um, you're greeted at the door. You're well known. Yeah. Been in and out. They ask if they can fetch the gin ricky for you, Dr. Andrews. Cranberry juice as usual, Mr. Whitmire. Yes, please. And make it a double. Double cranberry juice. I'm not certain what effect that will have. We will get you a bigger glass. Yeah, excellent. I just assumed Whitmire was going for the double. Yeah, I want double the, the health of the cranberry kidneys. Cranberry juice <laughs> on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Slice of carrot. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have one piece of lettuce for dinner. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're you're on your health kick. <laughs> <laughs> Still purging the lobster roll. Mm. Um, yeah. So you come into the main lo- the lounge area there, where most uh, members are sitting around chatting. You know, occasionally you'll see him in the bar or up in the library. Uh, you don't see John Scott. Well, give me a luck roll. I guess we'll have to go with you, Doctor Andrews. We'll see if it works out for you. Because I'm here now, so it's okay to succeed. Almost. Yeah, you don't see uh, John Scott, the noble philosopher, down in the lounge now, but that doesn't mean he's not around somewhere. You do see James Clark and and Dr. Call chatting with each other. James Clark with his more haggard look than he was when you first met him after his experience and his his shortened arm from being eaten. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say. I was going to see if I see Dr. Call, and um, I'll go over to him and ask him if he knows where John Scott is. Because he's a real busy body, you know? Yeah. I, oh. I need Do- to talk to him. <laughs> do you, do you, hey, you're, you're a real busy body, Dr. Clark. Do you know where John is? You always got your nose in everybody's business. So He brightens up when you ask something of him and he's like oh no i don't think the noble philosopher is here uh but maybe i can help you oh james clark and i were just here chatting yeah we were just hoping to take a look at the books that he inherited from merriweather oh i was not aware he inherited the books yeah yeah so we just wanted to take a look and see what he got any idea where the books are kept see maybe we could read them or you know whatever well, maybe they were uh, kept up in the library. Might be where think, books go. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I might go. I might go take a look up there and see. Well, another set of eyes couldn't hurt. True. I like that he's just pushing the <laughs> lawyer guy out of the picture. <laughs> Come along, Mister Clark. <laughs> right I don't know now. what help he can. He just be pushes him his... under the table by the top of his. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mister Clark, he's like Doctor Andrews. Good to see you. How's uh, business at the private investigative firm? Yeah, business is good. It's good. How's your arm? Still missing. How's your mind? Well enough. Yeah. You went through quite an ordeal. 
Take off your glove. Yeah. <laughs> and how's the young Mr. Murphy doing? As I understand it, you guys were planning to enroll him in private schools. Yes. Well, that will do well for him. Much better than a mental institution, I yes, should think. Much better. Uh, what is he doing? That's what you guys had planned to do. Because he was like your build a character in yeah. the character investigator development phase. So you, you say, here's what you're doing, Murphy, whether you like it or not. Did we put him in a private boarding school? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're going to have him. Uh, He's at uh, St. Mary Catherine of the whatever. Blessed Virgin Blessed or something. of this and that. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the name of a private boarding school is. Like, uh, Excelsior Academy or something. Anyway, he's doing quite well. He's very smart. And Dr. Call pipes in at this point. He's like, so have you gotten to work on any of the uh, the peer review for the Medical Journal of Medical Questions and Answers? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> I did get started reading it. So I, I am working on that. Yes, me too. Slow going. You know medical journals. Yes, very dry. Yeah. But without my wife around, I find I have the time for it. <laughs> Speaking of dry, she's damned in her dust. <laughs> so anyhow, shall we all go up to the library together? Yes. And uh, take a look around? Yes, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for your help. <laughs> all right. So, you you know, uh, oh, and Whitmire. I haven't seen you in a little bit. How are you? Been doing well. This from Dr. Call. Has been just been uh helping, you know, grow the uh the uh PI business with my partner here. Well, I expect you should be good at that. You're always just at the corner of my vision, I find. That's very odd. Well, <laughs> That's why I didn't notice you at first. My mistake. I am a very, very sorry about that person as well. So <laughs> it's, is, uh, it's the reason that Oh, sorry, go it, for it. It, every time I walk into a room, I always just wonder what's in everybody's pockets and wallets. <laughs> uh, hmm. so. I have never once thought that. That is amazing how the there is so much variety in thinking and in the mind, don't you think? So you guys are walk, you know, walking and talking up the stairwell, and you come in into this well-appointed library, and uh, yeah, so you can split off and start looking at. <laughs> trying to find something now right. the dreaded used library <laughs> yeah maybe well, i'll just uh keep watch <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep watching make sure nobody's coming you guys see if you can find uh davermis mysterious or uh you know how to summon a or summoning a gin for dummies or whatever you know gin summoning 101 well there's a couple ways uh, yeah, I use my used library. You can also do a spot hidden one. Just uses your understanding of how libraries are usually cataloged nope, and whatnot. Succeeded. The other one, is. <laughs> <laughs> don't got time to mess around. All right, so they start looking at you know most everybody splits off and looks at the. Uh, <laughs> did you? Oh, okay. <laughs> at the, uh, <laughs> I'm like looking under the rug. <laughs> I think somebody put something under this carpet. Yeah. Whitmire is like, that's not a bad place to look. I did find a book on top of those shelves. Yeah, but, not, but yeah, you're all you split off and you look, you look at bindings. So you're just kind of going title to title and nothing jumping out at you. But uh, um, Whitmire, on the other hand, always clever. Just get, you know, they have a catalog for what's kept in here, and he just goes looking through the pages, right? And he says, Ah, oh, here's the new arrivals. In this last week, 
So that's what you find. Okay. You know, and it, it has like a little blurb on where they, you know, purchased here or donated by this person. So you can see a block of, of books donated by Mr. Merriweather. All right. You should have Brandon roll a luck roll to see if they're all that, uh, science fiction authors books uh, yeah, the, <laughs> a pristine collection of the, the complete of works of Mars the voice or uh, of, sci- yeah. of sci- uh, science fiction erotica uh, yeah <laughs> damn it <laughs> giant women from mars or whatever it was called but um so that naturally leads you to their location on the shelf and uh you can see that they kind of stick out a little bit because they're in pretty good condition relative to what uh, else is around them. But they seem to be a complete set of old encyclopedias, basically. So stuck there on the shelf is what you're looking at there, Whitmire. Um, you can make like an appraise roll while you're looking at it if you want. Yep. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Nice. That's impressive. You guys do know that Meriwether likes to swap bindings and hide stuff and stuff. So might as well flip, give them a flip through. All right, so... Um, Encyclopedia Satanica. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what they were selling. Does all it say <laughs> is do what you want on every page? Yeah, well, anyway, I can't speak to the value of these books besides what value can be placed on knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so Whitmire's like, uh, I, I can sure put a price I was, <laughs> I'm not even trying to put a value on it. Oh, you tried right there. <laughs> but <laughs> well, he means so, now. But anyway, now, he's not <laughs> now, now, now that he's truly awoken to the pursuit of yeah. higher learning and education. Yeah, I, I do. We'll just start thumbing through them, though, in case. Yeah. So what? Um, <laughs> because Whitmire, this happened last season for something. I'm trying to remember what it was. But he passed a role that he probably shouldn't have, and he got yeah. some weird information on like uh, it was like on like the theory of I... relativity or something like. Yeah. That. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Yeah. It was it was like an early global warming yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. report that he read. Okay, so <laughs> because you read broadly and and it's an eclectic mix, um, <laughs> you know you're not hundred percent, but you think you were just reading about these. It, it's it was just uh, sort of like that day's uh, uh, List Wars type article where they're like the, you know, one of the rarest books or book sets on earth and they'd fetch these to the right, pi- you know, this amount of money to the right buyer. And you heard or read about a set of encyclopedias that were actually banned by the church in the time they were written because the information didn't kind of gel with what the church was pushing at that time. And you think this is the set. And if you're correct in your memory of that article, you don't even quite remember where you read it. You could get, you know, six figures to the right person, which might be the amount of money that would set you in in a in a good spot with your plan, Whitmire. Yeah, this is a um, perfect opportunity. Andrews is just flipping through. Yeah, yeah. Andrews is having no thoughts about how much he could get. For you wear gloves, though. It's okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. What? Look through I'm them and see what I. And then, so that's what they are: encyclopedias. Right yeah. Well, that. It's kind of a low point. This from Dr. Call. It's like uh, just encyclopedia is not very exciting. That was I was expecting when you came in here, Dr. Andrews, asking for my help. I'm always glad to help. I'm sorry to bore you. But, you know, Meriwether was a secretive fellow. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think if we thumb through these books, there'll be a slip of paper that falls out that details exactly what we need to do. Very well could be. Although I'd hesitate to think that, because that's been played once before. Ah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Whitmire becomes extremely protective of them. He's oh, like, these are nothing. Don't smudge my books. <laughs> Your these books. These need to be yeah. uh, kept in the safest possible place. I, I know just the place for them. Well, what would I use to see if I can detect, like, the, if he cut the pages out of one to hide a gun in it, or uh, if he's got the binding switched on it, or if there's, like, a... Well, all you can do is check, but it didn't happen, so okay. there's nothing to find, right? So, so you just, you just, this is very un Merriweather like they're just as they appear. Okay. Right. There, there is something else, though. These date back to when church was banned and stuff. Might have something on gins. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. How many books well, are there in total here? Yeah. Uh, the full set of encyclopedias makes up uh, 23 volume. Oh, well, I'll check the so D. hard to take out of here. For gin? Yeah. All right, so, you know, you open one up, you go... Oh, to... and I'll check for Mund. Gund fluid. Glund fluid? Glund fluid, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah so uh, you go to Glund since... Um, I'm already in the G. You're already in the G. Yeah, which I wasn't, but... I right. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, they spell that with a D, so I have to go back, but I'm already in the G. I <laughs> this isn't gin, the kind you drink. Yeah. But you do actually find in uh, a entry on Glund fluid. So what it gives you is a couple of powders that were common and alchemical mixtures in that time that aren't really of note. But the important ingredient is that it's the fluid... That encases the brain, that the brain is in. That is Glund fluid. And it is in this encyclopedia. So, from a human brain, the fluid from a human brain. Lamar! <laughs> <laughs> now we need the tray panning crazy old man. And then you. Pour one out. You uh, yeah. go back to the gin and give me a luck roll for that one. Mm. I'll just tell. I'd be. It's got to be your luck, Doctor. I'll tell him to look through it. I'll close my eyes. I'm not even. Does if if Doctor Andrews was to use a mirror, would his reflection that has better luck than his current self uh, be able to make the luck roll? Oh, well, that's closer than I have gotten on any of my luck rolls today. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, well, let's look on the bright side. It's not a ninety-five. All right, so in the library of the Hermetic Order, we see Dr. Andrews open to the entry on Jin or Genie or whatever you want to call him, and he puts his finger on the page and purses his lips and starts reading the information. But if anything is found there, we'll have to discover it next time because this <sighs> is the end of our session. Thank you for playing, guys. Thank you, Thank Travis. you. Yeah, man, thank you. Starting to get crazy. Did I get in? Did I do any rolls? I don't think I did this time. Uh, maybe you didn't. I did the one fake one. I'm, I'm pretty sure. This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.